We're going to be joined now by one of my good friends uh, who is going to talk some NFL with us. Uh, we're going to shift it back to the NFL, and that's going to be our focus for, for a while now. Uh, the Lions and the general NFL. My good friend, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, joining us. Mark, it is great to talk to you live on the air. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, Jeff. Uh, it's great to hear your voice again. It's great to talk to you rather than just chat with you in the group chats or the DMs or the text. But how, how many group DMs are we in? Like eight? <laughs> something like that. It, 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 and it seems like the number keeps going up. And so, you know, that's that's what we do. It's, uh, it's we fun how Twitter it. has like gone more like private like that. Like uh, it, we don't actually really tweet has. much publicly anymore. We, we have conversations behind the scenes. And that's about all we do anymore. That's about all we do on Twitter, but it's fun. And, you know, and for people that are wondering what are the Twitter group chats like, they're basically like what you're about to hear. We basically <laughs> talk ball. We just do it behind scenes these days. A hundred percent. So let, let's, let's bring that to the forefront then. You watched the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens. It did not go well for Detroit. I just want to get your basic semblance of was that a one-off or was that something that Lions fans should be worried about? I think it was, let's put it this way, Jeff. I think it was a one-off with the potential to be something bigger. And what I mean by that is, you know, we get often so caught up in, and again, we do it in the group chats of, oh, this was a bad quarterback game. This is a bad quarterback. This is a good quarterback, things like that. I really think the story of that game Sunday was Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator. When we get to, say, January and we start hearing what offensive and defensive coordinators are getting head coaching interviews or getting those head coaching looks, and you hear Mike McDonald's name, think about this game. Because he did such a very good job at sort of not confusing Jared Goff, per se, but sort of stressing him from a decision-making standpoint. There were moments when... You know, the, the Lions would use motion. You see a defender trail it. You're thinking it's man coverage, but they drop to zone. And you've got to then, as Jared Goff, as a quarterback, reset your expectations. It's not so much that it confuses you, but it makes you hold the ball just a little bit longer. And he ended up getting sacked on one play like that in particular. Mike McDonald does a great job with simulated pressures. There was another play, the, the sack off the edge, where you have a, a nickel corner with a free run at Jared Goff over the left tackle. And it's because he's asked, Mike McDonald did, two defensive tackles to bluff a rush, take one or two steps. One of them even made sure to pat an offensive guard on the shoulder pad. And then they drop off into coverage. So you end up with two linemen blocking air and an unblocked free runner at the quarterback. You get a sack. Mike McDonald was in his bag on Sunday. And so I think for the most part, this is a one-off because they do, the Ravens do, so much in that simulated pressure realm. So much with what they can do in the secondary and disguise and mask coverages. So I think sitting here right now, it's a one-off. But I also think there's that potential, right? We know, Jeff, this is a copycat league. Other defensive coordinators are going to look at that and think, hmm, when we play Detroit later this season, what should we do? We should try some things like that. And so the issue will become now for Ben Johnson, who is a tremendous offensive coordinator. Okay, now we've seen what teams are probably going to try to do against us in the days and weeks and months to come. This is what we need to do in response. This is what we need to be ready for. And so sitting here right now, I believe it's a one-off. But if you continue to see teams throw these looks at Jared Goff and the Lions offense and the Lions offense struggle against them, that's when you have the potential for it to become something bigger. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Mark. Uh, 
And I, I agree with you. I, I I don't think that everybody else has the horses on defense to do what the Ravens did. I, th- I yeah. think, look, as great as the Ravens are, and make no mistake, that's a that's a team that can win the AFC this year. They're largely anonymous outside of of the general, you know, Baltimore DC DMV area, which, by the way, happens to be where you live. Um, and I, I'm sure that people there are fairly excited about what's going on with Baltimore. But not every team has, you know, uh, Kyle Hamilton. Not every team has. Roquan right. Smith and, right. and, and Patrick Queen and, and Jadevian Clowney playing the best football he's ever played. Uh, that, that's... And that's the difference. You look at this Lions schedule going forward, and you know before this game, you looked at Detroit's schedule, and from where I sat, I thought, okay, this Ravens game, this Cowboys game, those are the two games left on their schedule where I think, yeah, they'll probably be underdogs and it might be tough for them to win. You look at the other teams on this schedule – I don't think they have defenses like those two teams. I don't think they have the players like the Ravens do. I don't think they have the players like Micah Parsons and the Cowboys do. So I think that when you also take that into context, it'll be hard to see some of these other teams replicating what Baltimore did. Now, again, that Cowboys game at the end of the season, you might see something similar. Now you hope that Ben Johnson and company are ready for it. But the rest of the schedule, I don't think they've got the players on defense to do what Baltimore did. Totally with you on that, Mark. Um, let me ask you about the other side of the ball for Detroit because uh, the Ravens' offense also had its way with Detroit. And in general, the Lions' defense has been playing very well. Um, I'll sort of ask you the same question. like, Is this a one-off performance from Aaron Glenn's defense, or is this something that other offenses that don't have Lamar Jackson and don't have the, the line that uh, the Baltimore has, is that something they can replicate against Detroit? Yeah, I think you sort of answered the question. I there. did, didn't I? How many, how many offenses have Lamar Jackson? And I think that's where this starts. I mean, you think about the Aguilar touchdown. When you have to cover eight seconds into a Good play, Lord. you're going to lose as a defense. I mean, plain and simple. When you can give a quarterback eight seconds or a quarterback can you know take five seconds because of the offensive line and tack on another three because he's Lamar Jackson – it's going to make life tough for you as a defense. And now I know Aaron Glenn tried to sort of keep him in the pocket. There were times where the rush lands were such that they were trying to sort of keep him within the confines of the pocket. But one of the things that Jackson has become so good at, and I don't think he gets enough credit for, is the subtle pocket movement. There was a play earlier in that game where they're trying to flood concept to the left side and it's covered. And he's just sort of using his feet to create a little space, looking more like a boxer than a quarterback that's running around back there, gets to the backside curl route and moves the chains. That subtle pocket movement has been a big growth in his game. And when you start thinking again, get into that schedule, get into some of the quarterbacks they're going to play again. You know, maybe Justin Fields, Tyson Bajant later in the season, Jordan Love again. Like, you don't see too many quarterbacks left on their schedule that can do the kind of things that Lamar Jackson does. You don't see too many offensive lines left on this schedule that can give their quarterback, even if it's not a super athletic one like Lamar Jackson, that kind of time in the pocket. So I think really this was a perfect storm of, you know, Lamar Jackson playing at an extremely high level, very good offensive line. As we talked about when the Lions had the ball, a defensive coordinator was dialing some stuff up with the talent that he has. And you come back to that schedule. Again, schedule is a big thing. Our good friend Kyle Krabs reminds us that all the time when it comes to the Steelers. Yes, he does. You look at the schedule coming down the pike for the Detroit Lions, and yeah, there's one or two games here that look to be troublesome. The rest of it, it doesn't worry me too much. 
Talking with Mark Schofield from the SB Nation, uh, who also does F1 coverage, which I know absolutely nothing about. But I, I appreciate you uh, branching off from not just being a football guy. Uh, and your, your passion for the F1, I got to say, it's infectious. I'm, I'm tempted to tune into a race, but I haven't been able to do that yet. Um, so for the F1 fans out there, give me like the lead story on what's going on in the F1 world right now. Well, it's, it's rather fortuitous because, you know, we're chatting here on Tuesday afternoon. I just got done interviewing Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren F1 Racing. Uh, for those of you that are F1 fans, you know who he is. If she dropped or survived, you know who he is. Um, McLaren right now is perhaps the big story because this is a team that was in sixth place back in June. They had just 17 points on the season. Things were looking troublesome for them. They've rocketed up to fourth. And really, since that time, only Red Bull, Max Verstappen, and Checo Perez have been better. Obviously, the big storyline, though, for those of us here in the States when it comes to F1, Vegas. Saturday night, November, the Saturday night before Thanksgiving, they are closing down the strip to run an F1 race on the Vegas strip that has a start time locally of, I believe, 10 p.m., so it's 1 p.m. East Coast time. But can you imagine being on the Vegas strip? Casinos of Jeff, they're selling like $10 million packages to get a room to oversee the race. So the drivers are excited about it. Zach Brown, when I talked to him today, he was excited about it. When I interviewed Lando Norris back in April, he was saying, you know, the drivers were all excited about it. So that's going to be an absolute spectacle in November. Wow. That sounds fantastic. I, I might actually tune into that. I'm, I'm morbidly curious how that's going to go. Uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, did not know that. Let, let, cool. Let's get back to football. People, people wanted to talk about football. We watched a Monday night football game last night where the San Francisco 49ers looked very mortal and Kirk Cousins, Holland's own, I'll give West Michigan a shout out there, had a fantastic game against what's supposedly the best defense in the NFL. They haven't really looked like that in the last couple weeks. Is is the 49ers house of cards collapsing or do they just need a couple more aces thrown in there? I don't want to say the house of cards is collapsing because I think when you still look at their roster, they're a very good football team on both sides of the ball. They're talented on both sides of the ball. But we've seen this with some of the like McVay, Shanahan coaching tree, McDaniel even last year, where you get off to a very good start. You're doing some things offensively. The defenses are sort of struggling to figure out. You think McDaniel and that cheap burst motion earlier in the year Defenses are starting to catch up to it now. You know, defensive coordinators aren't going to just say, oh, I, I don't know what to do with this and throw up their hands and say, I, I guess we'll have better luck next week. They're starting to figure out some answers. And so now, as we've seen with these teams in the past, they've sometimes struggled to have that counterpunch, that response to what defenses are doing. I think that's the process offensively that the Niners are working through right now. I think Kirk Cousins had a very good game. This is still a very talented defense. He had a very successful night throwing off play action, which is something that he's shown he's capable of doing throughout his NFL career. And what's fascinating about this game is now you wonder, okay, I mean, I wrote it myself, Vikings, they should be sellers. Like It's time to accept where you are right now and get what you can and your sort of competitive rebuild. It's not working. Let's be serious. You know, now they're in a position where, you know what, Mark, you were kind of wrong about that. We can still stick around. And when you look at the bigger NFC picture, yeah, maybe you might say, okay, well, the division's probably out of reach yet. Maybe. The division's but out of reach, Mark. It's out there. of reach. They're not catching Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> they're not catching Detroit. 
right? But as the playoffs ended right now, Tampa Bay's the 17th, right? You can catch Tampa Bay. You can get in. Absolutely. You just need to get in and get give yourself that puncher's chance. You get Jefferson 100% for the stretch drive. This is a team that, given what we saw last night, would be perhaps that proverbial team nobody wants to play come January, maybe. By the way, they won that game last night without Justin Jefferson, their best yep. player. Uh, they did that against the San Francisco team that was coming Madison in, you know, in the end of that game too. And so you think about getting them back healthy for a stretch run could be a very dangerous team to see. Yeah, they're not catching the Lions though. The, they they both have very weak schedules, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they both wound up in the postseason. I think that's what last night showed was that Minnesota they're not they're not going to be that easy out that uh, a lot of us in Lionsland wanted them to be. Um, let, let me so. We, we talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit. Jared Goff. So Lions fans have gone with the gamut of emotions in the last week on Jared Goff from like, oh, he should be the MVP. Why are people not discussing him as the MVP? And I, I wrote that, that he should be in consideration for it. And now everybody's like, why on earth would we give that guy a, a, a contract extension after what we saw him do in Baltimore? Uh, is there a happy medium there? Or is is again... Are we judging too much from the Jared Goff that we saw in Baltimore, or were we fluffing up up a little bit too much because of what we saw him doing in Ben Johnson's offense earlier in the year? You know, I think it's a happy medium treaded more towards the side of this is a quarterback that's still playing at a high level. And like you, I was saying on our SB Nation Monday Football Monday show the past couple of weeks, Jared Goff should be in the MVP conversation. I, I, I still believe that even after that game we saw against the Ravens. I think he is playing the position at a high level. And I know the, the conversation about Jared Goff is often, well, you know, he's a paint-by-numbers quarterback. He's, you know, a process-driven quarterback. Like, he's a, a baker versus a chef, whatever sort of analogy you want to use. <laughs> I like that one. Yes, he does one. that. And I, I, that was the baker chef was me, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, chefs, you know, you get a, a recipe that calls for half a tablespoon of something, you throw the whole tablespoon in, right? It's not going to really mess things up. But if you do that when you're baking, it's going to really mess things up. So you have to go step by step by step. Goff might be more that baker type of quarterback where, you know, he's going from one to two to three and doesn't really take some different decisions or go off script as much as other quarterbacks. But he still does it at a very good level and he's in an offense under Ben Johnson, which expand the sort of map for him and allows him to challenge down the field or at all levels of the field. And so I think he's playing at a high level because of the success of this team. We know MVP is a quarterback driven award. He's going to be in that conversation again, given their schedule, given how we envision the rest of their season playing out. Now in that scenario, in that world where the Ravens game isn't a one-off and you start seeing teams, even the ones that don't have the talent, the Ravens do bluster him a bit, forcing turnovers, they, they lose a couple of games that they probably should win, and then, yeah, he probably falls out of that MVP conversation. But look around the rest of the NFL. Again, for those that don't know, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I would love to have Jared Goff right now, okay? <laughs> so it's always a matter of perspective when it comes to being a fan. We live and die with our teams. I get it. I understand it. You go from a game like Tampa Bay to a game like Baltimore, and you run the gamut of emotions, but – Take a step back, look at the rest of the league, look at the rest of the division, if you're a Lions fan. Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. 100% agree on that. So I got to ask, how did it feel Sunday watching – 
the Bills go down to your Patriots because that was that knocked out a whole lot of people in Survivor pools this weekend. Yeah, me too. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, I was very conflicted watching this game, Jeff. Of course, there's the part of you that like, look, it's the, the, the Bills, it's a rival. You're you're making you know WGR and ESPN Rochester, two stations I love going on during Bills Patriots week. You're giving them some contact because they're going to be sort of upset by it. But now I'm knocked out of my survivor pool. Now I'm wondering, oh my, is this the kind of performance that when we get to April, it's going to convince Kraft and Belichick that we'll give Mac Jones one more year and maybe we'll sign Gardner Minshew as our plan B instead of perhaps drafting a quarterback? So I was working through some mixed emotions, but at the, at the basic core of it, you get a division win against a rival, and you put a rival's fan base into a bit of heartache and heartburn come Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll pay for it down the road with some decisions they can manage as a result of it, but it was still fun to see. Wow. you just That sentence that you said there in the middle about, you know, will they give Mac Jones another year or will they go to Gardner Minshew? I think that's good context for the Detroit Lions fans in do you extend your golf or do you take your chances with, you know, a uh, Hendon Hooker, who hasn't played at all yet, or the Gardner Minshews of the world. And I think that's that's an important context. I'm glad you brought that up that way because, uh, by the way, yeah, Josh, I mean, what, what's wrong with Josh Allen, man? You, you were you were a, a collegiate quarterback uh, yourself. Tell me what's going on with Josh Allen because it's not looking great right now. It's very much the conversation that we had about Josh Allen doubted Mobile during his senior bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen is an extremely talented quarterback. He's played at times like one of the top five, four, three, two quarterbacks in the NFL. But at his core, he is at times the player we saw at Wyoming where I have to fix everything with my rocket right arm and my athletic talent to throw on the move. And there are moments when every solution, every problem can be solved by that ridiculous deep throw or that throw into coverage or vacating the pocket and rolling out to the right. You know, when he had that sort of nightmarish start to the season where he threw three interceptions in a game where they should have won because Aaron Rodgers was sidelined on the fourth plane. You've now got Zach Wilson. It reminded me of that movie, Tin Cup. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Golf movie. Kevin Costner just trying to rip that wood shot on the final hole of the U.S. Open rather than laying it up and playing it a little bit safe. Sometimes you got to hit the layups as a quarterback. Now, the problem with somebody like, you know, it's a similar conversation with Jordan Love, but the problem with Josh Allen is he's got that ability to make that spectacular shot, make that spectacular throw. How much do you want to rein him in? But what we're seeing right now is a quarterback that is trying to do too much with his arm, that first interception where, you know, Pepper sort of came off and underneath zone coverage, you know, that's not a decision you expect him to make, but he's there thinking, I don't care if he peels off on the underneath curl route, I can fit this throw in and he can't. Sometimes you just got to take the layups. It's tough for a quarterback like Josh Allen of his talent, but with the what we're seeing right now from him in this offense, that's what he's going to do. That's that's not good news for Buffalo because their defense, the way that their the injuries have hit and everything, that's up, yeah. that, that, that's tough, man. Um, talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation, uh, so I want to get your so obviously the big news here in Michigan is that there is some sign stealing going on with the Michigan Wolverines football program. I want to know you live in the Metro DC area. 
Has that made any ripple at all in the news cycle there? Somewhat of a ripple in the news cycle. I mean, obviously, look, as you said, I live in the D.C. area, so our news cycles are a little bit different um, <laughs> than perhaps the, the rest of the country. Um, it's, it's made its way into the news cycle here, sort of a – what because this is – as strange as it sounds, yes, we have College Park, Maryland is 20 minutes from where I live. We are now technically Big Ten country. I think the fact that we now have, a, we, another thing we talked about in the group chat, we now have people pouring through Venmo payment history and trying yes. to read into what's a T-shirt. What There's a whole lot of T-shirt reimbursement, my friend. <laughs> a whole lot of T-shirt reimbursement. I mean, that tells you that this story is getting bigger by the day and God bless college football. I mean, you know, we used to track planes. We used to track tail numbers to try to figure out coaching hires and recruited movement. Now we're going through the Venmo payment history. I just wondered, Jeff, what's next for college football to find? Like, are people going to start going into somebody's Spotify playlist and, and try to piece together where they might be signing based on what songs they're listening to? I don't know, but... Sweet Home Alabama comes up on your playlist and you're suspicious. exactly where somebody's going to sign, right? (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow. That's that's something else, man. So I got to ask you, uh, we are NFL draft picks. That's actually how we became friends. Very quick, um, like five-word answer. Drake, Mayor, Caleb Williams. Ask me in November or April. (laughs) Like, like, don't ask me now. I mean... I let's put it this way. I could the door was open for Drake May to like, you know, establish himself as okay, maybe this guy really is QB one. And then he tripped in the doorway and yes, lost Virginia. And so now you start wondering, are we living in a world where somebody else comes through? If Michael Penix keeps playing the way he's playing. JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. Oh, that touchdown throw he had Saturday night where he hit that post route come up. I could hear it. And again, friends, I'm in the DC area. I could hear the velocity on that throw. I think McCarthy has burst into the sort of first round discussion and not just the, Oh, he's a guy that a team's going to take at the end of the first round to get that fifth year option. But like the early first round discussion. It's a good year to need a quarterback, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, there's, you know, Quinny Ewers. I mean, this is a very good year to need a quarterback we're gonna have to leave it at that because uh unfortunately we have more show to do and we gotta take a break so mark schofield from sb nation thanks bud for joining me and i will talk to you in the dms shortly i'm sure looking forward to it already my friend have a great rest of the show buddy all right mark schofield from sb nation there love talking ball with him he's one of my one of my favorite guys